Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Those are the words of Ryan Clark, who we'll hear more from in just a second. Yes, essentially saying, if you replace the unanimous NFL MVP, only one of two people to ever have that distinction, Lamar Jackson and Tom Brady, and replace him with a guy that's never sniffed the playoffs, the Ravens would be better off. We'll get your thoughts on that in just a minute as well. That's our Dr. Pepper Twitter question this morning. All of that to come, but first a little bit of news on the Baltimore Ravens. They put out a statement this morning that essentially says they've had a player test positive for the coronavirus. So essentially, if it's another day that ends in why more coronavirus news, we should mention that the Ravens are set to play the New England Patriots on Sunday night football. The player who was not identified has begun a self-quarantine and the organization is now in the NFL's intensive protocol, which calls for much more ramping up of testing and being vigilant. The Ravens said... At the final portion of their statement, we will continue to work closely with the NFL, our team doctors and trainers, and will follow their guidance. That's how we'll start Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Masters talk with Andy North in 10 minutes. Play has been suspended for the moment. Right now, the leader board has Mother Nature at the top. (laughs) Lightning and weather all over Augusta. Andy North at 9-10. So the Ravens have a problem off the field with COVID. Lamar says apparently we have a problem on the field as well. Listen to what he told the Rich Eisen show yesterday on PeacockTV.com. When we going against defenses, um, they call out our plays, stuff like that, like they know what we're doing. So a lot of that, you know, sometimes, you know, stuff won't go our way if they beat us to the punch. So you're, you're hearing on the other side of the line of scrimmage the defense calling out your plays? That's what yeah, they definitely do. Like runs, stuff like that. Uh, watch out for this, watch out for that. Sometimes that's what's going on. If you thought that was interesting, listen to this comment from Ryan Clark. You may have just heard it a couple of moments ago. We played a couple snippets. Let's play it in its entirety. If indeed he had a choice at this particular moment, Ryan Clark would rather have Kyler Murray over Lamar Jackson to start a franchise. If Kyler Murray right now was the quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens, we'd have much more confidence in them to win the Super Bowl, period. We would. It wouldn't be a discussion. If you were starting your team, Kyler Murray would be your guy. It's not that I wouldn't take Lamar. It's just that with what I've seen from them, even with Lamar winning the MVP, if I had to put one at quarterback and say this guy takes X team to the championship, I'd always pick Kyler Murray first. It's also our Dr. Pepper call-in line Twitter question. Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson wins the Super Bowl first. Hit us up, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, especially if you're with Murray because I'd love to hear your rationale again. 888-SAY-ESPN right now, early returns, 52% of people that have weighed in have said they voted for Kyler Murray, which actually really surprises me as well. Hit us up, 888-ESPN, Key J and Z on Twitter. Fellas, what do you make of that comment by RC? Well, I, I think when you start peeling back the onion, the layer of the onion, I don't think it's that simplistic. And the analogy I gave earlier was that, look, in college, we played a high screen and roll set, Bart. Yep. We had shooters on the floor. Every time we came down, I had a high pick from Shane Batty. We spaced you out. I can turn the corner. I can shoot the three at a variety of options. Then when I got drafted to the NBA, we played the triangle offense, which the ball was taken out of my hands. I got the ball left with three or four seconds left on the shot clock. I had to force up a shot the majority of the times. What I'm saying is the system in which you play can dictate whether you're successful or not, and also the personnel you play with. Kyle Murray plays in the air raid system. He also plays with DeAndre Hopkins. Just ask how important DeAndre Hopkins is to a team to Deshaun Watson. You're seeing them struggle, okay? He's over there begging them not to let go of Will Fuller. 
So when you have him, Larry Fitzgerald, and other pieces in that air rate system with Cliff Kingsbury, that's why it's set up for success. Then when you look at the style and system in which Lamar Jackson plays, it's more of the Wildcat offense like we talked about, Bart. Yep. It's not set up, and he has limited personnel to who he can throw the ball to. So defenses are stacking the box. It makes it way more uh, challenging and arduous, and it's way more predictable because of the limited options he has from a personnel and stylistic perspective. I mean, you hit the nail right on the head when you talk about you know personnel. We talked to Damon Woody a little early as well, and he was saying how predictable it becomes when you start breaking it down because teams have had a whole year um, to really break down what they do with Lamar, what he doesn't do well, what he does do well, but always looking at the personnel, understanding that when they have a fullback in, they're one of the few teams that, that go with two tight ends, one receiver. They do that because their best players are their quarterback and their running game. You know, So you got one team that's spreading teams out that gives you uh, an opportunity to have access to the entire field. Lamar Jackson doesn't have – high access to the entire field. So when he has to make those you know, throws down the field, they're low percentage. It's low percentage to throw the field 20 yards down the field. And what happens is when you're trying to throw all these high percentage throws, the box is so stacked because they're stopping the run that the windows and the pockets aren't open horizontally. So when you're running all these little rub routes and these crossing routes, you know, they're going into zones where they're loaded with people because they have all eyes on Lamar Jackson, so it's not the windows to throw through. Now, if you take Lamar Jackson, you put him out there with those type of weapons, we all know that he has one of the strongest arms in the game. May not be accurate, but you don't have to be that accurate when you have Christian Kurt running down the field and he has, you know, five yards on the receiver. Or if you had DeAndre Hopkins, you know, on one side, he's, he, his catch radius, he's, he's going to win all the 50-50 balls. Or Larry Fitzgerald, who probably has like 15 drops in his career out there, a Hall of Famer, first ballot. And oh, by the way, you got Kenyon Drake behind you as well. So we're talking about, you know, this isn't apples to oranges, right? This is, this is totally different because you got one team that's built defensively to win games and another team that's built offensively to win games. You know, and, and it's not fair to Lamar Jackson, but I understand we are all prisoners of the moment. And at first glance, it looks like, oh, Kyler Murray looks like a much better version mm-hmm. of Lamar Jackson because he's throwing the ball down the field. He's, he, he's stretching the field, but, oh, look, he's dynamic in the run game with his off-schedule plays as well. You know what I wonder, Bart? Was this the first time that John Harbaugh or Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator, is this the first time them hearing Lamar Jackson say that? I wonder if Lamar Jackson pulled the head coach or the offensive coordinator over to the side and say, this is what I'm experiencing. How do we fix it? Do we have a limited playbook? What's going on? If this is the first time that everybody else is hearing about it, then I would say that's going to be problematic and that's symptomatic of something of a bigger issue within that organization because that's where internally they need to be tighter. See, but it's a maturation process, right? He's still a young player. We look at him because he's had success. He's only been starting in this league for two years. He doesn't know. He looks at – it's like trying to go correct your parents, right? These are the team that took a chance on you, built a system around you, helped you become the MVP. We talk about that conversation that Harbaugh had on on, on the sidelines, like, hey, man, you're going to inspire a lot of kids. I love what you do. And he's like, I love you back, coach, and all that stuff. That's hard to go have that conversation. Sometimes it's easier to to talk to, to your parent through your auntie or through your uncle. So just use Rich Eisen as an opportunity to get the message through. Hollywood Brown, you know, really let us know how he felt a couple of weeks ago. But he didn't go talk to, to, to the management. He tweeted about it. That's the new era of how, how you know, young athletes go. And they have to learn that, you know, men, and, and you are men, even if you're a young man, you have to go pull your coach aside and go knock on his office and, and, and air out your grievances. But that's the difference between a veteran quarterback like Aaron Rodgers being able to have – 
the um, cachet to be able to go up there and knock on that door and a young player that is yet to, to even get past his fourth season in the NFL. I'll say this. It, it sounds like he was talking to a therapist almost. In yeah, a way, exactly. Right. Like instead of actually having somebody designated for that, that you can, you know, and, and this person is not a part of the Baltimore Raven organization. Right. They're a neutral entity that you can kind of confide yes. in, talk through how you deal with that. He took Rich Eisen right. and utilized him in that property, right. and that has backlash on it because now we get a chance to have right. add fuel to the fire and ask those type of questions. And now John Harbaugh and company, but, they're like, but Harbaugh's going to say, "Come into my office. Let's talk because I love you. You're in the future. I tie." Listen, Harbaugh was on the, on the verge of maybe being gone when Flacco was was struggling, right? And then Lamar Jackson kind of revitalized his career. They gave him an extension. Remember, he was going into that season as a lame duck coach. Mm. And so now, like, they can have that conversation now because Lamar aired his grievance out. Man, I tell you what, man, that turtleneck's making you so much smarter, man. Thank you. I tell you, man, you look so do distinguished. I, do I look like a black Steve Jobs? Is that no, 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 no. You look like a spy, man. You look like you're supposed <laughs> to be like, like, like it's a camera in that turtleneck. Mm. Let's hear from the fellas real quick. Andy North is on the way with Masters update. Play has been delayed. Talk about Tiger. That's on the way. 52% again saying Kyler Murray over Lamar Jackson. And let's go to Tim in Nebraska real quick on ESPN Radio. Tim, who would you start with? I I would take Kyler Murray. Ryan Clark is absolutely right. And Bart, I want to ask you this question. Please. Do you think that Lamar Jackson would perform better than Kyler Murray is with the Arizona Cardinals? I just said that. Man, did you have me? Do you, you think he would? I, absolutely. Listen, name 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 me the weapons. No, 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 no. Tell me okay. who Lamar Jackson's weapons are and where they rank as far as weapons in the NFL. Andrews, when Lamar Jackson. Was okay, you just named MVP you just named a tight end. You just named him tight end. Okay. No, I'm talking about okay. weapons outside. Okay, he's got Hollywood Brown. Why? Okay, no, 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 no. Let, let's why? break that down. Where would Holly Brown rank as far as? Number one receivers in all thirty-two teams. Name, name me, name me, name me the team that he's better than. He, he doesn't. He doesn't have 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 that good of weapons. I'll agree, but I'm not going to sit there and say besides Larry Fitzgerald, who, who who really does Arizona have that's really that good of a receiver? DeAndre Hopkins. What? He's top three receiver in the league. Stay off the weed. What do you mean? He has DeAndre Hopkins, Kristen Kurt, Kenyon Drake. What are you doing, bruh? Oh, that's going to make me angry. What do you mean, what does he have? He said, what does he have outside of Larry Fitzgerald? He has arguably. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> that was a bye, Felicia moment for me. I mean, just like I said, ask Deshaun Watson <laughs> what he's missing, not having Hopkins as his number one target. I'm going to tell you what, that was a verbal knockup. Get up, Craig. I've been down before. Come on, man. You got, what did you talking I mean, we're about? nicer than that, but I, that, that just, that, that, that got us to run. That's Who does he have? I, that's a guy that doesn't even really watch the game. He just wanted to, he just wanted he wanted to, to argue. Jay, he, he wanted, wanted to, to argue. argue Jay no, yeah. I was directed towards you, Bart, not me. Yes. Okay, fellas, we're about to talk Masters, so we have to turn yeah. the octave level Bring it down. down. Hey, get my turtleneck from the back. This leather shirt getting hot. Approach, Here we go. Approaching the ninth green. If you can't appreciate that father-son moment, you might need to check your pulse. It was an unbelievable moment, but we haven't gotten many great moments this year at Augusta because play has been halted. 7.35 a.m. Eastern time right now at the top of the leaderboard is Mother Nature. Let's bring in ESPN golf analyst Andy North. Andy, I assume you're not AMS NWA certified, but I do have to kind of ask you, what is the weather forecast looking like for later today? Well, right now we've got we're in the middle of two nasty fronts. Uh, the other one looks like it's going to hit here probably in another thirty to forty minutes. It has some lightning in it, and that's why there's no chance to get out there for a while. We've had a ton of water on the golf course, 
And uh, I think once this next front goes through, it looks like it's supposed to be a halfway decent afternoon. Might even see the sun later on the day, which would be awesome. But uh, it's going to mess up uh, the the tea times and the the progress of getting today's round done. There's probably no chance to get today in, so we'll be finishing today tomorrow and probably finishing Friday, Saturday morning, and then hopefully catching up Saturday. But the weather looks better. Once we get this through here, I think we should be good. It's a little warm and muggy, way too hot. J-Will for a turtleneck. <laughs> I know I'm trying to bring the winter season to its full effect, Andy. And let me ask you this, you know, playing golf so much most of my life, the weather can affect, you know, what kind of shots you take from the trajectory that you're able to take them. You looking at this with your experience, how do you think this weather, the dampness will affect the way these players actually have their approach shots and other things of that sort? Well, you know, a lot of people think when it gets wet, it's going to play more difficult. It won't. Uh, it's soft. Uh, you'll be able to fire darts at the pins. Uh, the, the toughest thing is, and we talked about it a little bit early in the week, is that because of the events are now in November, this rye grass has only had five, six weeks to try to grow. So it's a very mature, uh, very young and it's a little bit thinner. So you might have some spots in the fairways that are going to be a little bit sloppy. Uh, they will not be as pristine lies as you normally see in, in April. So you might have some guys with a little trouble controlling uh, the distance on approach shots. But if they can get geared in there, uh, you'll have some softer greens. You should be able to get after it. You know, Augusta National has this sub-air system that can suck moisture out of the greens. So it, it won't be horrible, but you can't suck it all out. It's it's going to be uh, you know fairly soft and receptive, so you can go ahead and fire at it. So who with the, with the current conditions, who does what, what golfer does it favor? Well, I think it, it, it favors the guys that this course normally favors, somebody who can carry the ball a long way in the air. It's not just about driving distance. It's about carry. And the guys that can really carry it, obviously Bryson. Uh, Roy McIlroy hits it way up in the air and carries it a long way. Jason Day carries it a long way. Uh, you know, some of the guys who are really long hitters that don't are guys like uh, Matthew Wolf, who can really smash it, but – he played with Bryson the Sunday at the U.S. Open and drove it by Bryson four or five times during the day. But uh, Bryson's ball probably carries 20 further than his does. So anybody that hits it high and in the air uh, will have a big advantage. Andy North is joining us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Andy, due to this tournament being played in November and the diminishing daylight, we're seeing players tee off at 1 and 10 Explain the significance of that, especially when it comes to Tiger Woods, who will eventually, hopefully, tee off on 10 today. Well, I think you can look at it in a lot of different ways. One, there's 18 holes out there. You've got to play every one of them eventually. Uh, but I think it's it's how a rhythm of the round, how you get going. Uh, I think the starts are so important. On the front nine, if you can par the first hole and birdie the second, a fairly easy par five, you know, you're off to a nice start, and the third is a fairly easy par four. You're off to a really nice, comfortable start. But if you bogey the first hole and don't birdie the second, you know, now you're kind of behind it a little bit. Well, 10, 11, and 12 are really tough holes, as we know, and and 12 being so dangerous. Starting early in the morning, if you can figure out a way to par 10 and 11 and maybe par 12, and you walk off the 12th green even par, now you've got a set of holes coming up. You've got 13, 14, 15, 2, and 3 that are all really birdie opportunities. So you could walk off the third green 
four or five under par that way. So if you can get off to a good start, I think starting in the back nine is not a, a bad deal at all. But if you get off to a poor start, you can, you know, if you struggle a little bit, you can play the first 10, 11, and 12, three over par very easily. So I think so much of it's how you, you're playing and how, what kind of start you get off to. Fascinating. Last thing for you, you pick Xander Shoffley to win. Why is he the pick to you? Well, I, I really do like the way he's played in major championships. I think he's been in the top five and four of his last majors. He is a guy that drives the ball straight. He's a nice iron player. He has a, a maturity and a calmness about him that is really a big deal in major championships uh, to be able to keep your emotions under control. And the biggest thing, he's a fantastic putter. This guy makes a ton of putts, and he's uh, he tied second here last year. I mean, everything looks like to me he's the guy. I actually picked him at the U.S. Open, and I'm going to keep picking him till, till he wins one because I think he's going to. Uh, it's just a matter of time for him. Fascinating. We'll be watching the coverage today, 1 Eastern on ESPN. As Andy said, looks like the weather might be a little bit better, so hopefully we'll get some play in as this recent sell seems to pass here. Jay, you wanted to ask one thing? Yeah, I just want to say good luck to your Badgers this weekend coming up against Michigan, Andy. Well, they're going to be a lot of guys who haven't been playing, playing, I'm afraid, you know, <laughs> with the, the 21-day Big Ten rule. Uh, guys are healthy, but they aren't going to be able to play. So we're we're down to third and fourth team or some places. So it'll be, it'll be fun to see how it goes. And, you know, Jay, well, if you're going to go turtleneck masters week, you got to go like tiger, little turtleneck, you know, <laughs> I will. Next, that's, you that's, know, what? on Monday, if it gets submitted today on Monday, if it finalizes on Monday, I will do that for you, Andy. You got it. Consider there it you done. go. There's my man. All right, brother. Talk to you guys. Thank you. you That's the great Andy North. I'm going to put that that turtleneck on just to illustrate that my neck is like I got a giraffe neck. My neck is too long. (laughs) Like you still see half my neck, even though yours go all the way up to your chin. My wife told me that you are not allowed to wear turtlenecks. Yeah, just do it. Just be fun. It's, giggles. Just it's going it to come like right here. They used to call me Cobra Khan when I was, when I, was playing. <laughs> I should probably sit this conversation out. Yeah. Let's go from A to Z. <laughs> okay, so right at the top, we just talked to Andy North, and Andy did report that even though play has been suspended at Augusta J right now because the lightning and inclement weather. J will be on a dance uh, yeah, the soundtrack. Mm, looks like about 40 minutes mm. from now, he's saying it could all pass and we could possibly have golf coming up. And it's looking a lot better than it did just earlier this morning. Baseball, Trevor Bauer and Shane Bieber have won the Cy Young Awards. Both coming up big here. Bieber was the Indians ace all season long, breakout star in Major League Baseball. And of course, Trevor Bauer, former member of the Cleveland Indians, now with the Cincinnati Reds, first pitcher in Reds history to win the coveted award. Number three, Ohio State in Maryland is off on Saturday. Andy can still watch Wisconsin and Michigan if he wants Saturday night on ABC. But Ohio State and Maryland canceled because the Terps have had eight positive coronavirus tests here in the last seven days. Obviously, this deals a little bit of a blow to Ohio State. They won't be able to play their complete Big Ten schedule, which has already been truncated because the league didn't start playing until the weekend of the 23rd and the 24th. Obviously, they are the best, the best hope for a Big Ten college football playoff contender sports center brought to you by pennzoil crude oil is crude natural gas is pure that's why pennzoil's base oil is made from natural gas not crude gives you unbeatable engine protection the proofs in the pennzoil based on sequence 4a wear test using sae 5w30 we should also mention 
A to Z brought to you by Dell. Big news from Dell Technologies. Black Friday's here with deals up to 50% of small business computers with Uh-oh. Intel Core processors. To give your business an edge, call 877-ASK-DELL or visit dell.com slash Black Friday. One minute here. If it's lining up this weekend, golf, NFL, college football, what's your one, two, three on the TVs? Let's just, I know some of you have like 10 TVs. Keyshawn has like 20 TVs, but what's the order? Masters, then NFL, then college. I'm going NFL, college, golf. Golf. Golf's not going to be on your TV yeah. screen. Let's be honest. Yeah, I'm a yeah. bowler. Yeah. Not, not less Tigers close. Uh, Tigers <laughs> you got, close. You're going to have to fight on. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I love fights. Blood, Bud Crawford versus Kyle Brooks. Yeah. What's oh, that, man. Saturday night? Yeah, man. Yeah, so you have that Listen, on. We, I'm hoping this is one step closer to, to, to Bud versus Spence. I hope mm-hmm. they can need to quit ducking each other this post-Floyd Mayweather era. I want the best fighting the best. I don't want to have to wait three to four years when these dudes are, are, are got that AD, ADP card. You know what I'm saying? A, what is it, AARP card? Yes. Yeah, the, yeah, that one. Yeah, I chopped that all up. Yeah. That's it. I don't want to see those <laughs> fights late, man. I want to see guys fighting their prime like the Timmy Hearns and the, and the Leonards and the uh, Diego you know, Diego Corrales, catch them on your fights. I want to see some action, man. I'm with you. How about you, Zubin? I'm probably going to go golf first and then college football second, NFL third. Mm. I'll go that way. I'll kind of go the reverse order. I mean, what games in college football? I mean, a lot of games are being canceled. Rutgers? Yeah, Yeah, he's diehard. Diehard. Scarlet Knight. We'll see what happens. Much more on that other team in the Big Ten, not the Scarlet Knights. The Scarlet and Gray. What's going on Mm. with Ohio State after the cancellation? For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Already this week, uh, we have seen countless games postponed, and now we have this. Maryland will pause activities, thus canceling the Ohio State game for this weekend. Uh, It's the number three team in the country. The number one team out, the number three team out, the number five team out, and then you have uh, two more in the top 25. This has been a bad week. That's Paul Feinbaum moments ago on our show. I'll actually double down with Paul. Number one, Alabama has been affected with Saban. Number two, Notre Dame has been affected after Saturday night and 11,000 plus fans being on the field. That's crazy too, right? Like we, we, he warned everybody not to get caught on the field and it turned into a super spreader. 11,000, 11 people on the field. Number three, Ohio State. I just mentioned the Terps have taken them off the field. Number four is Clemson. We know the Trevor Lawrence situation. Number five is A&M. Their game is off this week. And number six is Florida, who had to pause the program. Their coach got coronavirus shortly after asking for his stadium to be full <laughs> right. in Gainesville, Florida. I wonder if he, I 
I wonder if he still feels that way. <laughs> Dan Mullen probably does not. Let's get the feelings of Tom Van Haren, ESPN college football writer, who joins us this morning on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Tom, I know you cover the sport at large, but I know you're based in Ann Arbor and have always kept a close eye on the Big Ten. From the contacts that you have, what are we hearing in light of this Ohio State-Maryland game being canceled, Tom? Well, I, I think there was always some, uh, you know, some trepidation and, and some nervousness from, from everybody in the Big Ten since they decided to, to come back because they, they don't have any built-in bye weeks. And, and I think everybody is on edge right now about finishing the season. You mentioned just a little bit ago Ohio State with the, the biggest chance for, for the Big Ten uh, to get in the college football playoff, maybe a national championship. And the rule in the Big Ten, because they don't have any bye weeks, they have to get six games in to be eligible for the Big Ten championship. So they're thinking about that as well. Um, And I I think everybody now is kind of watching what's happened at Wisconsin. And I think it's perked everybody's ears up because Wisconsin had to to cancel two of their games. They're right on the edge of that that six-game threshold for the Big Ten championship. And Ryan Day, the head coach at Ohio State, has talked about this, that, that you know, it, it's been difficult to, to preach to his players every single day the same thing, that you've got to be vigilant. You've got to, be, uh, you've got to take this really seriously. But I think Wisconsin, having those two games canceled, I, I think that made the pitch from the coaches to the players a little bit easier, that, hey, this thing is serious, especially for a place like Ohio State, if you want a chance to finish the season, there, there's no wiggle room here. You, you've got to take it seriously. You've got to handle your business. And, and now uh, with this weekend, they're, they're scratching one off their list. They're one away from that sixth threshold. So everybody's taking it really serious right now, trying to finish this thing off. We always talk about integrity of the game, but how can we have integrity of the game where the best aren't going to play the best? The game is played on the field, not on paper. So I know on paper it looks like Ohio State is the number three um, team in the country and, and – and, you know, within the division, they're better than Wisconsin. Maybe they're better than Indiana. But maybe this is the year where, you know, something, you know, you know, some crazy happens or, you know, some type of miracle happens with Indiana where they can maybe compete and maybe even beat Ohio State. But we'll never know. So I don't understand, you know, why we can't figure out another way to expand the fields to give guys the opportunity to be able to, you know, have it hashed out on, on the field and not use it up to the, the subjectivity of, of the uh, commission. Yeah, I, I think this goes back to the just the initial plan from the Big Ten. And, and I, it, when, when they initially canceled the season or postponed the season and said they weren't going to play it, you know, there was obviously some people that were unhappy, but I, I think what everybody really was unhappy with was the communication from the Big Ten of what, why it was postponed, what was next, what the options are. And there was really no communication for a while from the Big Ten commissioner. And, and, and a lot of coaches were saying, we, we don't really know what to tell our players. We don't really know what to tell our, our, our players' parents of what's happening. And then we saw all those, all those protests and uh, petitions and everything. And I, and I think that ultimately, you know, that, I think that put the Big Ten in this position where they don't have any of that wiggle room. The SEC is postponing games and they've got they've got some bye weeks built in where they can push some of those games back, but you don't have that in the Big Ten because there wasn't really a, a plan scheduled out ahead of time of okay, can we make this happen? If we do make this happen, how do we need to to schedule everything to make it work and and fit everybody in so that like you were talking about that we can see the best teams against the best teams and the best teams have the the best option to succeed where. You know, I just mentioned Wisconsin's right on that threshold of six games. If they if they miss one more game, 
they, they could potentially not even play in the Big Ten championship, but they're clearly the, the best team in that division. But if you look at the rankings, Zubin, you mentioned the rankings in, in the AP Top 25. It, it sticks out like a sore, a, a sore thumb that Wisconsin's sitting there at 13, and they only have one game that they've played so far. Everybody else, Alabama's got six. Notre Dame is 7-0. and and there's Wisconsin at one and zero. They've only played one game this season, so I, you know, I, I at this point I don't know how you can go back and change that and, and fix it because there's just not enough time. Now, excuse me if this is common knowledge and I'm just naive, but because we can't put these players in a bubble, and because you know we talk about exposure, and you can maybe protect them when they're over at the facility, but you don't know as far as going over to the cafeteria if they're going, you know, around their their classmates. Are the players? going to be just attending class virtually so that we can try and, and, and limit the contact between them and, you know, some, some students that could be potentially um, infected. Some of them are. Yeah. And, and I think that that is a way to help. And I think, I think, you know, the, the benefit of, of the virtual classes is a lot of, a lot of schools were already doing that before, before the pandemic even happened. A lot of, a lot of players were already taking a lot of online classes um, but what we've seen, too, is it, we, we saw, you mentioned I'm in Michigan, we saw a couple weeks ago that, that Washtenaw County, the county that, that the University of Michigan is, is in, they, they actually put the students on a, a lockdown, a stay-at-home order, where all the students on campus had to stay home for, I, I believe it was two weeks. And, and so, we, you know, we've seen the government even step in and, and put lockdowns on students, and that impacted uh, the, the athletes as well. It didn't impact them in terms of traveling, but in, in going to class, yeah, that is one way to protect them and keep them away. Now, what, what I would men- mention, though, is I think the hard part for me with this is they're still college kids, and I, and I think a lot of times we forget that, that they're on a college campus, and, and, and I want to make the distinction here, too, that just because a school has an outbreak or, or has a bunch of cases pop up, it doesn't necessarily mean that they've done something wrong. It's a contagious disease. We don't know what, what exactly happened. However, because these are college kids and because we've seen truncated seasons and, and seasons that are now only down to eight games, if a team has two losses, one loss, two loss, three losses, and that those players feel like maybe, you know, maybe we don't have a lot to play for, how easy or how hard is it for the coaches to keep them to follow the protocol still and, and keep them under wraps and, and not going to parties and, and not doing what normal college kids will do and then impacting the team by infecting them. I, I think that is really uh, what we're going to start seeing and, and what's going to end up being a problem for a lot of these coaches if if they're the coach of a team that maybe isn't playing for a lot down the road. That's a fascinating point. Wisconsin with their one win coming on October 23rd, the very first team to play a game in the Big Ten Conference's truncated season. Haven't played a game since, but they'll be at Michigan, not too far from where Tom is speaking to us Saturday night on ABC. Tom, thank you very much. Yep, thank you guys. Great to have him aboard. On the way, the final results of our Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. Question this morning. It sounds crazy on the surface, and the results are kind of crazy too. If you had to start your franchise or... The first guy to get to the Super Bowl and win it. Would it be Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson? Your voice next. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. 
But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We do have one more thing with two options. More on that in just one second. First, Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app and use the code KJZ to get a free shot at millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com. For details, this morning, our question on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, simple. You might raise your eyebrow when you hear this question. I certainly did, and then I raised both of my eyebrows when I saw the results. This is surprising, at least to me, maybe not to you. We're asking this morning on our Dr. Pepper Twitter nation, who will win a Super Bowl first, Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray? Just a reminder, the former was only the second player in league history to become a unanimous MVP alongside Tom Brady. The latter has never sniffed a playoff game. But this is why it's your nation, not mine, yours. Everybody weighs in. 53% of people that have voted on KJ and Z's Twitter feed have said Kyler Murray will win a Super Bowl before what? Lamar Jackson. Let's give okay, one. Mic mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's give a response. That's keys, Mike. That's why. <laughs> we got a respondent, one of the people that waited on the uh, Twitter nation, at Coach Rooney. 16. He hit us up. Here's what he said. Quote, Kyler. He's choosing Kyler, so he's in the majority. Kyler, because Lamar will never win one. He's a freak athlete, but Cam has shown us what Lamar's career will look like. How about that for a little cross-pollination, Bart? Listen, ain't ain't Kyler Murray a scrappy-doo version of Lamar Jackson? Right, he's a guy that can buy time with his legs. Not even Scooby Doo. You're going no, Scrappy Doo. Scrappy Doo. Yeah. Scrappy Doo. Okay. Nammy at him. Nammy at him. You know what I mean? He don't want that smoke. But I'm telling you what, man. He's the a cuter scra- version of Lamar yeah, Jackson. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Smoke out of mystery yeah, machine. Yeah, yeah he's a scra- <laughs> <laughs> he's a Scrappy Doo version of Lamar Jackson. So what are you talking about? The same arguments that you make about Lamar Jackson, I can make about Kyler Murray. All you can say now, I hate how people are prisoners of the moment. Man, they they Mike Jones, my boy Lamar Jackson, way too much, man. You know what I mean? When he came in, they 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 know him. Now he got hot, they was all on him. Now they jumping off the bandwagon again, man. Come on, man. I just can't believe we had a caller that said, What does Kyler Murray have to work with? And both Bart and I lost our damn minds. Him and Bart used Sorry, the Stephen <laughs> Yeah, Bart used the Stephen A. Smith yeah. line. Stay off the weed. Yeah, you gotta ask the dude because it's, now it's legal in New Jersey now, so he could have been a New Jersey caller. DeAndre Hopkins, he's a top three wide receiver. Look, Christian Kurt, look at that. I, <laughs> we had Key on the show. Even Key had D D Hop. He was like, Yeah, man, one, two, or three. Like it's D Hop. Like he's one of the most talented receivers we have in the game. Look, it, it's it's not saying that Kyler Murray isn't really good. It's just saying that when you have you are a byproduct of the weapons you have around you. When you play with why do you think LeBron James is playing with Anthony Davis? Right. LeBron James and A D together, like that's a dangerous combination instead of LeBron being in Cleveland by Trish, himself. Looking at Tristan Thompson, like, man, I'll smack the JR time out. What <laughs> 
JR, put your shirt back on. Man, okay. Shoot the ball. <laughs> well, JR wins championships, though. He yeah. didn't keep his shirt off. He That's right. true. Two for two in that. I want to just flip it to the other side. Why are people are less than half the respondents on our poll? I get the Kyler Murray. It's surprising he's new. They played well. They knocked off Russ a couple of weeks ago in the Seahawks on a Sunday night. I get all that. But why do you think people are down on Lamar Jackson? Because I think the league is down on Lamar Jackson because they don't see what they saw last year. So even a step back from maybe the best season that we've ever seen is still pretty damn good. You know, you got to understand, like, guys are figuring him out and he has to adjust to the adjustment. That happens to the best of us. Let's see how Tua looks in five weeks when people have, you know, a, a, a scouting report on him too. They have a scouting report on his offense. They're making adjustments. Lamar Jackson's going to have to make another adjustment. But the, but the organization hasn't done a good enough job in giving him weapons so that he can continue to grow as a player. Bart, right, let's be real with everybody listening because you're going to get it from the straight player perspective here, okay? So, you know, a lot of times fans love the quarterbacks or love the star players who keep their head down, who work hard. Don't listen to what the media says. Don't react to that. Don't tweet to that. All the things that you want to see from your star player. Well, the reality is, is when you become quiet and you don't use your voice, all these narratives, when there's a slight struggle, start to be formed about you. Right. Can you throw outside the numbers, all these different things? So you start trying to prove those people wrong, but organization doesn't back you. And these narratives start to spin. So when you feel like your back is against the wall, a player finally says, I've had enough of this BS. Like, I'm going to tell people what's really going on. That's what Lamar Jackson did with Rich Eisen. I'm saying like people are repeating the plays before they even get to the line of scrimmage. They know what we're doing. Like that's that's saying, hey, coach Harbaugh. Yeah. Hey, Roman, like our offensive coordinator. Like, you guys need to start changing up the playbook here. Yeah, man. Hey, you guys need to start giving me some optionalities other than Mark Andrews. Give me some wide receiver targets that I can actually work with. <laughs> we, we gave you Dez Bryant. Like, man, a 32-year-old with no Achilles, man, get out of here, That's man. a player saying, I'm going to utilize the media now to start fighting back yep. and combating this narrative that is not a true depiction of what's actually happening internally here within this organization. Exactly. And you, you, you want your coach to come out and protect you. Don't worry about what we're doing. We got to do a better job and and adjusting to what defenses are doing for Lamar. You're supposed to speak for him. If not, he's gonna he's gonna you know he's gonna go out and come out and defend himself because he's got to hear this. And you're and it's a narrative being painted about him. And you know narrative and perception is reality in this league. And you know he's trying to to show them that that's not the narrative. But he don't have the weapons to prove that that he can throw. Remember the same thing happened to him in college, right? One year he won the Heisman, did all that stuff. What happened the next year? He stayed in the pocket to try and prove a point. Be you, dog. But they got to do a better job in getting weapons around you. But that's just not in the league, man. That narrative is being pushed. It's just the world that we live in. Uh, we can sit here and talk for four hours on a show, yeah. but yet one clip gives out, and that's why every time you talk about what you said about the other day about Bill Belichick going to the Giants potentially and not coaching the the Patriots. Anymore, you always want to provide context, right? right exactly. Context is important. But when a tweet goes out to the world right. and they don't listen to the four-hour show, you get no context, and everybody takes that tweet, that's yeah. like ten-second soundbite, yeah. and that becomes what Bart Scott said, yeah. right? Clickbait. So all I'm saying is Lamar Jackson and company is trying to say, hey, let me actually provide some context for all these narratives that are being pushed on me because people don't understand the deeper, you know, realm of what's actually going on. Absolutely. Last thing for those that may not have heard, uh, Lamar Jackson was on the Rich Eisen show on PeacockTV.com yesterday and essentially said when he goes to the line, the opposing defense is calling out their plays. That's what Jay was referencing. It was a startling admission, uh, but Bart, you said by – the looks of what's happening on the field with Lamar, it's, it's a true statement, but I was surprised that you thought that it's an interesting way to bring the issue up. Instead of going into Coach Harbaugh's right. office, 
he goes right on the Rich Eisen show and yeah. spills his guts. He's a younger player, and younger players don't have don't a lot of times they don't feel emboldened and empowered to go and be able to speak to the coach and say, "Hey, I don't like what we're doing. I want to change." I mean, we're all surprised, you know, when 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 Sam Darnold went into Adam Gase. Um, uh, office last year and say, hey, man, we need to throw this out. That's not, that's not, the, that's not common because just think, he's still a younger player. He's younger than Joe Burrow. He's, he's, 20, he's 23, 24 years old, and he's happy that he has an opportunity. He's had success, but how does he go and articulate and tell somebody that, that, that made an office for him that, hey, it ain't working, that this is what I'm, I'm experiencing, and I, I need to change it. This isn't Peyton Manning. This isn't Tom Brady going to Bruce Aarons. Hey, man, we're doing too many seven-step drops, man, and you have the respect because you know that you have the football acumen that you've been through everything. This is a young player that's still biting for an opportunity, that's still trying to get his first payday. He don't want to rock the boat, but now he's saying, listen, they're saying this about me, and, and, and you guys aren't doing anything to make it not true. All I'm saying is people want it real and raw, so this is what happens when things get real and raw, yeah, right? Yeah. So, I mean, Bruce Arians can get up on the podium and say things about Tom Brady. I wish Tom Brady can start telling us some of the things he disagrees with with, with what Bruce Arians yeah. does on the field, too. Like, man, Byron Relevance, what the hell was that? Man, this ain't Marshall. <laughs> We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Byron Leftwich is a great college quarterback at Marshall, hoping to become a great offensive coordinator in the NFL with the Bucs. You can hear Bart at 11 a.m. Eastern on 98.7 in New York. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.